Who is this who enters unannounced? You know damn well. My name is Boba Fett. Left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. I intend to rule with respect. In difficult times, fear is a sure bet. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. I am your host, your Boba Fett for today, Fennec Shand, a.k.a. Jason. We'll be back next week. Uh, I just had to get out a quick episode about this premiere episode of Book of Boba Fett because it's awesome. Absolutely, mind-blowingly awesome, in my opinion. And I figured it was worth putting out a short little special episode just to talk about the gravity of this first episode of Book of Boba Fett. Now that said, uh, this will not be a spoiler-free little episode, so if you've not yet watched the first episode of Book of Boba Fett, you may want to come back to this after you have, because uh, I'm going to talk about some story points that uh, I really want to talk about, and the things that really worked for me. Uh, I just, my goodness, I'm just going to start right from the beginning in the sense of I had very little expectations for this show, um, and and that's not to say that like I wasn't looking forward to it, but I've really come to learn uh, through Disney Plus pr- uh, products, uh, through any new Star Wars shows in general, that if I go into it without having these lofty expectations, I can't be disappointed. Uh, it's kind of like MJ says in Spider-Man No Way Home, expect disappointment, you can never be disappointed. Um, but... My goodness, I was anything but disappointed. I was absolutely blown away with this first episode. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we have talked about this, you know, the, the coming of the show a little bit in the last few episodes and, you know, kind of this, this uh, you know, low expected um, excitement for the show. And, uh, you know, that said, <laughs> it just... It just blew me away, um, and I feel like I'm just being repetitive with that. So let me get into why. Um, the last couple of months, for whatever reason, uh, I've been just kind of, you know, like, all right, of course I love Star Wars, but I've just had kind of my, – my fandom has been at a little bit of a lull, um, and I'm sure you've all been there if you're listening to this. You know, if you listen to Star Wars podcasts, you're probably a big Star Wars fan as well. Um, and I feel like anything in life, you know, things ebb and flow. Things can be really high. Things can be really low. Um, and, you know, especially in, in light of the last year and a half we've had thanks to the pandemic, I think <laughs> I think life has been all sorts of difficult. And we all need something a little fun to to just to just kind of get through some of the craziness and that's exactly what i felt like this first episode did so that said going into it you know i i was i mean i was loving all the love social media was giving to this stuff all the the entire past week the entire past month even some of my close friends you know just like oh you know so excited for book of boba fett here's what i'm doing to prep you know whether it was folks watching return of the jedi or People watching, you know, rewatching the Mandalorian episodes that he's in. All these people, like, and I and I loved seeing that excitement, but I just didn't feel it. I didn't have it. Um, and then I just turned on that first episode this morning, and I swear it was like Luke showing up on crate. It lit a spark in me. I am on fire for Boba Fett, and I am so damn excited for where this show might take us. Um, so. 
that said, uh, what I want to say first and foremost that really worked for me with the, the first episode here is the fact that they treat Boba Fett as a mythical character, right? I mean, Star Wars itself is a myth. It's a modern myth that speaks to millions of people worldwide. And Boba Fett, I think his, he's captured the imagination of fans since he first was glimpsed in 1979 in the holiday special cartoon. Um, and just seeing his cool gadgetry, his badass rocket pack, all those things from you know the days of Empire Strikes Back, fandom has always wanted more Boba Fett. And, you know, during much of the the publishing wave of kind of the 90s, you know, we started getting lots of legend stories about Boba Fett. And I would say the majority of those stories um, are essentially just stories about a ruthless killer, a ruthless bounty hunter who captures, kills, and, and that's really all he's about. And I think that was the biggest thing that his his reemergence in Mandalorian season two really kind of swapped that out. It was kind of showing us a human character. Again, Boba Fett, he kind of fit an archetypal uh, an archetypal trope in the Legends era of a cold-blooded killer. Um, but that's not a story I have any interest in diving into. Um, and it's not just, I mean, I don't think we're getting a like soft-hearted, compassionate Boba Fett moving forward, but Mandalorian showed us that he's a man of honor, kind of similar to Din Djarin. Um, you know, he, he has a, a still a tremendous bonding with his father, Django. Uh, and, and the route they were kind of taking us with Boba Fett in Mandalorian was again, the story of a human character who has an arc. He's not just a cold blooded killer. So when we kind of get that, you know, closing clip in the, at the end of season two, where it's announced that we're getting a book of Boba Fett and, and he takes the throne with Fennec in, in Jabba's palace. It's very clear that he's a new type of character. The old Boba Fett, the old bounty hunter Boba Fett, had no interest in ruling, um, but that's totally changed now. He's a whole new character. And one of the things, after watching the first episode today, that I found myself kind of doing a 180 on was I never liked in uh, season two when you know Boba gets the armor back in, in the episode The Tragedy, and then the very next episode, The Believer, he's done a you know, he's reworked it. It's a fresh new paint job. And I didn't like it. I loved like the gritty look of his armor um from the previous episode and from you know his time in Empire and Return of the Jedi. But you know, he kind of did up this whole new paint job. But this first episode kind of showed why that was so important. Because he's a new character. Boba Fett is a new character character his journey is going to go to places we haven't been before with this character and i just i love that he's got new armor i love that it's got a fresh new paint job to it again it's still the armor of his father but he's doing something new with it and and i loved how the very beginning of the episode took us immediately to a flashback and the first thing we see is camino again give some love to attack of the clones you know if you if you've listened to the show in the past you know how much jason and i love episode two so to just get that, and, and it looked so friggin' cool. Like, uh, again, thanks to the advancements in digital technology in the last 20 years, I mean, Camino looked so sexy. I loved it. And then, of course, we get Daniel Logan in Attack of the Clones running out to the helmet. Probably some unused footage from Attack of the Clones, which is so cool that they probably pulled that out of the archives. So we're immediately getting grounded in the story and the story begins with him in the Sarlacc pit as well. He also goes into that flashback. And I think 
I think there's a brilliance in just kind of giving us some of that right from the get go. And it was, it kind of had a similar feeling in uh, season two of Mandalorian when we knew Ahsoka was going to be in it. And we had a suspicion of when she'd show up. I loved how in the episode she's in, it's boom, it hits you right at the bat, right out the gate. Here's Ahsoka. She's alive and well. And it kind of just, it, it just like, it allows you to just kind of settle in. And I think starting the episode with him having these flashbacks of being in the Sarlacc pit and climbing out. It immediately just kind of like, okay, I can settle into the story. He gets out of there, right? It's it's not like something we're going to have to wait for later. I think there are still plenty of questions about things from his past that need to be answered and probably will be, but I thought they did the perfect job of at least showing us him literally get out of the Sarlacc pit. And this is a story that has been in our imaginations for decades. Um, and I... I wish I had done taken the time to do the research to see where that first story came from. But I know for a fact it's in the the uh, more of the Bounty Hunters trilogy by K.W. Jetter that came out. It, it first book came out in 98. Um, and uh, we get the fact that he kills the Sarlacc and he, he crawls out. So it was so cool at the beginning of the episode to get that. And and again, that's another thing of note for me with this premiere episode is. I loved Boba Fett as a kid, probably like so many of you, because he just looks cool. And when you're a kid, you gravitate to things that look cool. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of rationale beyond that. And, and, and you didn't need it. And then in those ensuing years, we get, like I said, these kind of legend stories that just kind of double down on he's a badass killer. Um, but uh, the thing is, is like, when I was a kid, I always imagined who was Boba Fett? What's he about? And now we've got this whole story dedicated to him. And it's like nothing I imagined. And yet it awoke this part of me that's still that nine-year-old kid inside that's like, I love Boba Fett. I want to know more about him. And then we're getting more about him. It's so freaking cool. Um, but uh, I want to return to what I said uh, a minute ago about how Boba Fett himself is presented as this mythical character in the story. I mean, the entire episode, and we're going to go into more detail next week with with our first episode of the year. Uh, we'll dive, do a little bit more of a deep dive in the episode, but just kind of as a, as a general uh, overview, Boba Fett goes on a journey, a very mythical-like journey in this episode. And granted, most of that journey is in flashbacks. Um, you know, they obviously are setting up, you know, in in the... The the present story is obviously him and Fennec taking the throne at Jabba's and starting to set things in motion there, right? That's the present story, and that's the story that's going to really be unpacked in this show. But so much of this episode is the flashback to what was what was he up to when he got out of the Sarlacc pit? And, you know, I mean, I made this prediction um, when we when we got the first trailer for the show a while back where, you know, and... Oh my gosh, is Boba Fett going to be rescued by Tuscans? Um, is he going to become part of Tuscan society? And hell yeah, like that's exactly what happens. The the Jawas rob him of his armor, and then the Tuscans take him in. And I love what they continue to do with the Tuscan Raiders. Again, they did this in in Chapter Nine, The Marshal, when J or Django, excuse me, Din explains to the villagers that just because the Tuscans are a rough people doesn't make them evil. And I, and I just love how they're, they're building out the kind of like the cultural identity of Tuscan Raiders. 
And they're very similar to a lot of indigenous Native American um, populations that had very warrior-like cultures that when you captured somebody, you kind of put them through these tests and these trials so that they could become part of the tribe. It wasn't torture for the sake of torture. It was a testing of the wills to see if they could be part of your tribe. And I, I, in, in light of all that, that's kind of what I see them sincerely having tried to do with Shmi. Um, in episode two, of course, Anakin sees it as nothing more than cold blooded murder. Um, and, and like, I just, I love the way that they're kind of introducing this again, that like the Tuscans are the natives. And then you've got these interlopers in their eyes who are always shedding a light on them as if they're demons and evil. But again, this episode is showing us that they have a very specific type of culture. And, and I, I love the intentionality of tying this to kind of like indigenous warrior like cultures, you know, just because their ways are different doesn't make them evil. It just makes them different. And what I find incredibly humbling for Boba Fett in the episode is that he's essentially assigned his watcher that's assigned to him is a youngling. It's a young person, a young Tuscan who's in charge of keeping Boba Fett on the chain. And, I mean, he's lost everything. He's lost his armor. He's completely stripped. I love that scene of when they find him in the desert and he's covered in sand and dust. And But there's almost like this this white ash to his body. Um, I mean, it's very symbolic of a rebirth. Uh, he is being ushered into a new way of being, into a new way of living. Um, and the Tuscans are the ones who are going to kind of set that ball into motion. And... He's brought in. He's kind of beaten up a bit right away. He obviously can handle it. He tries to escape. And you get this. I love when he's brought into the village and it's clearly either like a tribal leader or a shaman like figure that comes out of that tent. I love the look of the Tuscans in this episode. Again, it's taking what's familiar, but making it new, which is I love when Star Wars does that. I love when they take things we've we've lived with for decades, but change them up a bit. Um, one of my, and it, it reminded me of one of my favorite Clone Wars episodes, and it's the episode uh, uh, Trespass from season one. When they go, when Anakin and Obi Wan go to see the Talls, and you have the Talls tribal leader who comes out to them. Uh, it just, again, it, it just had that really strong indigenous cultural vibe to it that I just think is fascinating and something they've been doing in Star Wars really since the days of A New Hope with the Tuscans and the Jawas in general. Um, so it's so cool to get to see a little bit more of this Tuscan culture. So Boba tries to escape. They chase him down with an Anuba. Again, awesome shout out to uh, that great creature introduced in an, an Attack of the Clones. And Boba gets his first kind of trial by combat. He gets to fight what I'm assuming to be one of the most gifted warriors in that particular Tuscan camp. I love the look of that warrior. It has a very strong predator vibe almost to me, like just the way he's got the longer hair or something. I don't know if it's his actual hair or just maybe the headdress, but I, what it connected for me is when I first saw him, I'm like, oh, he just he kind of has a predator-like look to him from from the movies The Predator. Um, and I love that all, all Boba's got is a stick, and he's taking on a gaffy stick wielded by a very gifted warrior. And Boba loses. Right off the right, right off the gate, he loses his first fight. Boba is supposed to be one of the most badass warriors in the galaxy, and he loses. Um, again, he's humbled. He's brought low. I love that theme. And 
he's brought back into the village and as he's coming to and they they do this twice in the episode as he, he kind of comes to from being knocked out there's this really cool filter they put on the camera that it's it's kind of like this gr- military green esque color again it almost looks like the color of boba fett's uh armor itself so i i just love that that that's the the color filter they use uh on the camera just again such a cool little detail and uh once again, Boba is going to go through one more fight, final trial, fighting some what I assume to be a new tattooing creature. If this is something that has existed before, I don't know what it is. Maybe you do, but I'm fairly certain this is a new type of creature. And I think, again, that's so cool. We're on a place. We've been on Tatooine a zillion times in Star Wars. So how cool to introduce something new. And it makes sense that there are lots of things we still haven't seen on Tatooine. Um, and this is, uh, this is another, again, another trial for Boba. It's his battle with the monster. Again, this is very mythologically relevant. Um, you know, Odysseus (laughs) fights monsters in his journey in the Odyssey. Again, just so similar to those vibes and Boba, Boba wins. Boba beats this creature in which, by the way, when that creature is walking towards the youngling, after it has knocked, sent him flying and he's walking in for the kill, the way he kind of walks on his back legs, it gives off a strong minotaur uh, feel to me. Again, like that half man, half horse, just, just the way it walks. Again, it's this mythical-like creature, and Boba rises above it and kills it, uses the chains of his own um, enslavement to kill this creature. And this is what buys him into the to the Tuscan culture. You know, the episode ends with the shaman slash tribal leader offering him finally that little cup of water or whatever it is. Again, it's a sign that he's being welcomed in now. He is he has surpassed his trials. So it's a I mean, those flashbacks are so great that this is Boba had to to earn his place among these people. Um and then you flash forward, right, to the present story that we're going to be unpacking, this this story about him becoming the crime lord, a crime boss. Uh, I love that Fennec refers to him as Lord Fett, um, the 88 droid. That's the, the leftover torture droid from Return of the Jedi um, also refers to him as Lord Fett. Again, he's got a whole new title. He's not a bounty hunter anymore. He's something else. Um but he's he's redefining even that role, you know, as they're walking into Mos Espa. Again, another cool thing. We've been to Mos Espa in episodes one and two, and here's a new view of it. I mean, it looks even bigger, which that's kind of cool. It makes sense. I mean, this is f- almost 40 years after the events of episode one. So it makes sense that Mos Espa has gotten bigger. Um and it seems to be doing pretty well, but as Boba's rolling into the into the city, Fennec is trying to like point out how how leader how leadership here works. Like, hey, you should you know these these Gamorians they should be carrying you. Like, you should be making a real show of this. And Boba is redefining what it means to be a crime lord. No, no, no. I walk with my own two feet. Again, it's it's kind of that Western feel of this is a he's a noble person. He 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 doesn't need to be lauded. He doesn't need to be. Um, fond over like some high and mighty king he's going to be a leader of the people almost if you will um and again time will tell if that's actually the case but it is just cool like he's redefining what it even means to be a crime lord um 
And then I love when they go into uh, the little spa, sanctuary, casino type thing. Uh, again, it, it looks like a little bit like the cantina from A New Hope, but it also has a little bit because there's a little bit of class to it. There also is a little bit of that feel from the uh, Outlander Club on uh, on Coruscant and Attack of the Clones. So you've got this like really cool mixing of, yes, this is a backward planet, but there's also there's also something new here. There's something, something different going on. Uh, and something I just want to point out and, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm like 99% sure that, that this is the case when they come in the music that's being played by clearly what looks to be Max Rebo, which I love that he survives the uh, destruction of the sail barge um, in the old legends book, tales of Jabba's palace, Max Rebo survives that. So it's cool that if that is in fact the same, if that isn't meant to be Max Rebo, it could be another one of his creature um, of his species, which I'm also blanking on right now. But I'm pretty sure that's Max Rebo. But the song they are playing sounds to be the exact same um, notes as the original Cantina band track from A New Hope. It's just jazzed up a bit. There's got a little bit of a like Latin flavor almost to it. But if you notice the 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 notes themselves, they seem to be the exact same notes that are in the cantina band. But again, it's changed up. It's a different type of setting. Love that little detail. Um, so, you know, this, this opening chapter is all about changing expectations, um, taking something old and making it new. Uh, I think this is when star Wars in the Disney era does things. The best is when they take the things we're familiar with, but change them, make them new. And I know that that doesn't work for everybody. I mean, that's exactly what they did in a lot of ways with last Jedi. And a lot of folks didn't like that, but I think in order for these stories to still continue to be relevant, like they were in the seventies and eighties and the nineties, it's time that they get some sort of reboots. And that's exactly what they're doing with Boba Fett is they're, they're taking the story. We know about him. We've known for years that he survives the Sarlacc pit. Well, here's how, here's how it happened. Um, it's similar to what we expected. He does get out of there. Um, but being rescued by Tuscans, that's totally new. And that experience has clearly changed Boba Fett. Um, and from the little bit we've gotten about Tuscan culture from the Mandalorian, they are a noble culture. Um, they're a noble warrior culture who live a very hard life and have to be hard in order to survive that hard life. And it seems like Boba's uh, kind of adoption into their into their tribe into their group has changed him and as he comes back into the world into this underworld um, he wants to shake things up there as a result too and I'm just so excited to see how that continues to play out for him now granted this first episode we get very little Fennec I really want more Fennec Shand um, and we know we're gonna get it and I can't wait to get it I can't wait to hear more about how they bonded and you know when he rescued her from the desert um, talk about paying it forward. The Tuscans rescued him and now he's going to rec- rescue Fennec. I really want to know more about that, how they, how they bonded that first time. And I'm fairly certain we're going to get it, but this was just the perfect introduction into this story that has lived in so many of our imaginations for decades. And I just think they knocked it out of the park. Um, and again, that's, that's, what's got me so excited is there was something fun about this episode to me. Um, while it was like an intense episode insofar as what Boba has to go through, there's also just, I don't know, I felt like I was playing in the sandbox again. 
Um, this pun somewhat intended because we're on Tatooine. Um, but I, yeah, I just I had so much fun. I've already it's since I don't I don't think I've done this since except for a few episodes of Mandalorian. But I sat down and watched it three times in a row. I watched it this morning. and I was like, I need it again. So I put it on immediately after. Took a bathroom break and put it on a third time. And it, it, it's rare that I do that with anything these days, Star Wars, Marvel, or otherwise. But this episode just really, really got me excited. It it made Star Wars feel really fun to me again. And I'm so excited to see where the story is going to take us. So those are just my some of my initial thoughts. Like I said, we're going to be back next week with a with a full more deep dive look at the episode some of the more specifics of of the mythology in here but again i just want to reiterate that to me this is disney doing things the right way it's it's taking these stories we've always wondered about we've always imagined and dreamed about and realizing them but realizing them in a way we never could have imagined and i think that that's just brilliant um and they're doing it in such a way that it's centered on character um, for me, that's when Star Wars is always at its best is strong characters with motivations who've been through some stuff and have made sense of that stuff. That's why I mean, that's what I love about Boba Fett, um, especially now, thanks to this episode is he is kind of the the unconquerable one. He will never give up. Um, and something again, to me, the biggest thing I love that they changed here is I started rereading the the Bounty Hunter War trilogy from 1998, like I said. And it's fine. <laughs> like those Legends books from the, the mid to late 90s are okay. They get a lot better with the New Jedi Order series, of course, but it's an okay series. But Boba Fett comes out of the Sarlacc pit and he just kind of goes back to Bounty Hunting. It's, it's a very one dimensional story again. He's like, yes, he teams up with Dengar. Yes, he's a little bit more open to working with others, but he just kind of goes back to the same old lifestyle as if the Sarlacc pit didn't have a profound impact on him. It seems like that won't be the case here with Book of Boba Fett. He survived the Sarlacc. He has survived what seems to be almost adoption into a Tusken Raider community. It has changed him. It has changed him profoundly. Um, and like I said, I can't wait to see where they take us with this story. So, you know, as always, would love to hear what, what other folks thought about this opening episode. Did you love it? Did you have your issues with it? Again, it's it's... Nothing's ever perfect, but I think this is pretty damn close. Um, so, you know, like I said, we'll be back next week with a, a fuller, more deep dive look at this episode. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, until we see you in the new year next week. Uh, thank you so much for checking out this mini episode, this special episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. And we will see you very soon.